Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Untying the Knot on everything single motherhood and divorce. I'm Britt. And I'm Hannah. And if you desire more purpose in your life and you are ready to kick that past baggage to the curb and discover what is keeping you stuck so you can get unstuck, then you're in the right place. Let's chat. Surprise! We have a bonus episode this week. My bestie Abby and I sat down to talk about blending families and she wanted to put it on her podcast also, which comes out on Thursdays. So you guys are in for a treat. Enjoy. Hello guys. This is Hannah with Untying the Knot. And this is Abigail with Judgment Free Zone. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing a joint podcast because this is a fun uh, not a fun topic but like a a, a good topic for both of our podcasts yeah so we are going to be chatting about blended families and blending your families together this is something I I realized that on Untime the Knot we have not talked about this at all we've talked a lot about single motherhood and the divorce process or being a divorcee but we haven't talked about bringing families together I've done all of that (laughs) yeah and I'm a I'm a child of a blended family um and Britt obviously is getting remarried but Ryan doesn't have kids so you know we haven't had this perspective yet on untying the knot on like what it's like to be the parent you know be the adult trying to do this (laughs) and manage this and help everyone and going through the struggles Cause for me as a kid, it, I was so young when our families blended that like, I, it was never, I never really felt, I don't, it never, it didn't really ever feel all that hard because I was so young. Like, I don't really even remember a life before, before my, my dad and brother who were technically my stepdad and stepbrother, which, you know, I was with them forever. Like it, it just doesn't even feel like a step family, but technically that's what it was. So anywho, I thought I guess just kind of from your perspective, Abby, as you know, it's weird to think that like Daniel is the girl's stepdad. Like I've just, I've just always thought he's just Daniel. Like he's just the dad at the house. Like I've never thought of the step family for you guys either. You got to remember I was a step parent with my ex-husband too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I like, I don't know why I forgot about that, but I did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was so young. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and shouldn't have been a step parent at that point. Um, but yeah, he had a daughter. And so yeah. I feel like I grew a lot from that. Like looking back yeah. now, you know, I, again, like shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. Um, it was not something, no, like so many, <laughs> so many things. Um, but that was really hard that young, you know, I was, yeah a senior in high school and he had, you know, a four month old and again, all red flags. I get it guys. Okay. So I'm here, (laughs) I'm here, I see it and we're just gonna drive by. Okay. So like, but no, it was, um, you know, you're dealing with, you know, baby mamas are rough in general. Like I get it. We like are protectors of our children. Um, you know, I think that in so many ways we are hurting 
those relationships and at the end of the day we're hurting the kids um yeah and it's really unfortunate you know like we all got our own stuff um we need to work on our own stuff so that we can you know change what's happening and you know again I was so young with that first one that you know you got to think about like a 17 year old mom dealing with a 17 year old stepmom and yeah a 19 year old well she was probably 18 and you know my ex was 19 like teenagers dealing with things that yeah that they should not be dealing with and that was really difficult you know like I wasn't given the opportunity to love this child who needed to be loved you know and there was so much heartache in that situation for everyone involved um my ex so you really you really have the experience of what not to do and what to do yeah (laughs) yeah you know and you know even even still like of course it's hard but the thing is is my bonus daughter that I have now in the blended family I mean that relationship is completely different than what that relationship when I first was a stepparent was and again like that comes with age and um, a lot of therapy and emotional (laughs) maturity um, in general Um, yeah could our relationship ship be better of course unfortunately again we as parents really do play a huge huge role in how that relationship is and unfortunately more parents than not are not allowing the step parent to be what they need in their life and then also the step parent again is you know there I see so many even with the woman that like my ex is with now how much she is triggered by things and she probably doesn't even realize it and that is hurting the kids and they don't deserve any of this to begin with like we need to work on our stuff yeah it's yeah hard well it's and the other thing too is it's hard enough with you know even emotionally stable people or emotionally healthy people let alone when there are people in the picture that, you know, don't know how to communicate or (laughs) communicate well, at least. And all of it just adds like all these layers that you have to check in with yourself and evaluate. I know when, so I obviously Amberly has, um, has had two stepmoms now and I was 20, I think when she had the first one. And I remember she started calling her mom and Amberly was 18 months old at the time. And I was pissed. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember being so mad because I remember thinking, how does she know to call her mom? Like, cause you know, they said that she just started saying it, which, you know, who knows, who knows what actually happened. But I remember being really, really, really pissed that that happened. And then I, um, I think it was actually one of the teen moms that said it from the teen mom show said something about um like with the stepmom like even though it's hard to know that someone else is like in your place essentially when they're at the other parent's house like don't you want your kids to have a safe motherly figure that they can go to when you're not there and I heard her say that and I was like oh my gosh yes like Mm -hmm. 
even though it's hard to like accept that, that now there's another woman who is a, a, you know, a motherly figure, a mom figure, like at the end of the day, I do want Amberly to have, to have that comfort, you know, and she's closer to her stepmoms now than her dad. Um, and that was really hard to embrace and accept and, you know, work through at 20, 21 years old, especially when all the pain from my ex was so fresh. But I knew that what was best for Amberly was to not feel like she couldn't accept her stepmom, you know, well, like if she, if she felt like that I was resentful towards her, I didn't want her to have a bad relationship with her because I didn't want her to go over to her dad's house and, you know, despise her stepmom. Right. Well, again, so. kids don't have the logic that we do as yeah. adults and they are complete emotion based they you know they just want to feel loved it doesn't yeah. matter who it is um step parent grandma grandpa friend mom dad like it yeah. doesn't matter what how you're going to react to things is going to either create shame or create love yeah. <laughs> and they don't they don't <laughs> They don't see, oh, this person is treating me poorly, or this person is not really my mom or not really my dad. They see how you treat them. And that's literally showing them their, where their place is for love and belonging. Yeah. You play a huge role and impact on those little minds. And it's really unfortunate (laughs) what can happen. (laughs) And I mean, it's a very, it's, I take my job as that very seriously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what would, um, I, I guess, what would some, what are some things you've learned over the years that you could inspire the listeners to? I mean, again, that like, do go work on yourself. Like if you're, (laughs) I mean, if you're in a blended family, like, What do you think? I guess, what do you think some differences are between what you did the first time and what you did? Obviously, I mean, you said therapy and working on yourself, but like, what does that look like for people who don't know what that means? I mean, again, on on your podcast, you talk about it a lot, but we haven't talked about that kind of work as much on untying the knot. So yeah, I, it's hard because again, you and I both were so young that like it's a totally different viewpoint so it's hard to say it's hard to like (laughs) compare (laughs) what what like I do differently because like to me everything is different you know I was in a very unhealthy relationship to begin with it was there was nothing about it that was right and okay so you know again like going to therapy and learning to trust myself and learning to love myself for me you can only love somebody as much as you love yourself like period like yeah (laughs) so how you treat yourself and pour into yourself is how you're going to be able to show up for others and so that's what I would say like is the biggest thing that I've learned I was a child who didn't already feel loved who was searching for love So I'm looking to put myself into others. So how can I expect a child to love me when I didn't even love, I wasn't giving them love either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
So now I've done the work to know my own worth and I'm able to show them their worth now, you know? Yeah. So that's a huge difference from the first time to this time. And, you know, I think in general, giving yourself so much self-compassion, like at the end of the day, like my past, like I played a role in it and I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I know that I hurt her. There's, there's no way that I didn't affect her upbringing. You are, and she's going to have to process that and deal with that. And that sucks to know. It sucks to know that I was probably the villain in somebody's story. And I have to one own that. And I totally will. If she ever came to me one day and said like, dude, this blew, like, yeah this sucked you know and just to sit in that and it's uncomfortable and you don't want to unfortunately if you want to heal like we have to sit in it and I know that that might be the story that she has of me and just giving myself that self-compassion of knowing where I was and knowing that I didn't stay there though and that's where I can grow and heal and know that that's not who I am and that's not who I was it just was unfortunate well and you didn't sense yeah totally you didn't have the emotional awareness you didn't have the tools to recognize when you were being triggered or when yeah um sorry guys I'm readjusting here or when um I forgot the 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 track I was going down but you just didn't have the tools that you had the second time. I yeah. guess that's kind of what it comes down to. And you get those by going to therapy. Yeah. And <laughs> I know therapy can be, I thought about actually having a therapy episode at some point because therapy has been, for some people, it's more accessible than, than any t- other, than any other time right now. And for other people, it's really difficult to find a good therapist, well, <laughs> which is big. Been- <laughs> difficult in general to find a good therapist whether it's accessible or not that's true that's actually very true and you know when you when there's things that you want to work on and when because therapy is just gonna it's gonna benefit your yourself like your relationship with yourself and the relationships with everyone around you um it's worth it to keep trying to find the therapist that's good for you that's just a random side note because because that's I know that's such a huge part of your journey is going to therapy and Mm -hmm. actually like like actually putting the effort into it because you can people can go to therapy and just say that they're going but if you're not really making the effort and not really um being honest with yourself and with your therapist then it's hard to actually have the the change yeah I thought I was thinking about like with blended families too is just the um you know I would just say that like when you do notice yourself getting triggered with what the kids that you're you know being the parent to in that role that step parent role is just be curious about what's really happening because again it's really about ourselves yeah (laughs) and that's why I keep saying like you know you can't love until or have that, you know, show that love and self-worth until you feel that for yourself. Cause whatever's triggering you, like that's the story you're creating, which probably isn't what 
they're trying to do or create. That was, that was what I was thinking when I was readjusting and I lost my train of thought. I was thinking that you always say, stay curious. And that's something that I've taken in my life is like when I get irritated or when I feel triggered about something, I immediately start asking myself, like, where is this coming from? Like, why is this bothering me? Like, what is unhealed within me that like, what is this exposing right now? Mm -hmm. And that's also something that you learn in therapy <laughs> is to how to address those shadows, you know, and the shame shadows and all the different shame. Uh, what are they called? I call them the shame shadows. Yeah. Oh, the, the, okay. they're the shame shadows. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. There you go. And how they play roles in our life. I mean, we, it again, goes back. I mean, there's a ton of stuff like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna go off on a tangent. I mean, it's our attach, our it's our shame shadows, but they're all based off of our attachment wounds. Yeah. So abuse, neglect, betrayal, abandonment, um, missing something. There's six. Re rejection. Yeah. Thank right? you. Isn't that one. Yeah. I don't know which ones I named yet. Anyways, yeah. but there's neglect. all of those betrayal. I think I said that. Anyways, but oh. you have your. Everybody has attachment wounds from our past. So we have attachment wounds. We create a story around them and they create core beliefs on our hearts. And then we have these shame shadows that play a role in it. They're basically the shame shadows are showing evidence. They're constantly looking for evidence to prove why you have these core beliefs about yourself. So, and when the, when the people around you do something, especially your, you know, the kids, when they do something, it triggers those shame shadows. Oh, kids are walking <laughs> triggers for you. Literally. Like, I think it's so it's so, I don't even know the word. Like when people think that having a kid is helpful in marriages, like, <laughs> I don't know why I felt like I saw that growing Asinine. up. Like, didn't you see that? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So many people that like all of our, all of our problems would be fixed if we just have a kid. And I'm like, over oh the kid. my God, like, no, seriously. No, like, no, no, no. 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 Well, and no. I know that's, that's part of why, um, like I, I've talked about inner child work and inner child healing oh, too, yeah. on untying the knot. Like that's a huge part over the last maybe year or so. Like I've been working on he healing my inner child so much and it's allowed me to parent Amberly in a totally new way. Yeah. Like I look back on, you know, years ago, like different things that would happen and how I would react to something or what she would say about something. And now like, I can see that the, those wounds, I can see the things that were hurting me and now I handle it totally differently. Right. And that, that's, you know, that's fairly recent, like within the last year. And I remember at first, when I first like realized it, I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have started doing this when she was a baby <laughs> because that's, you know, I, that's, that's what I thought at the beginning. And now I'm like, you know what, it's better now than never. Right. Like it's better that I figured it out eventually. And well, the thing is, is your kids are going to have pain no matter what. what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you told me that too, like Amberly's gonna have trauma. It's probably going to be from you <laughs> and, and we'll help her through it. And I'm like, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all do. And, you know, we want to protect our kids from all of these scenarios, but we can't have that. We can't have joy without the pain. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know was- I've talked about that a bajillion times. And again, I know it's way easier said than done because I want to protect my kids too. Yeah. And that's ultimately where I think those, you know, stepmom like things, those shadows come in and the triggers pop up is because we want to protect our babies. And so yeah. we get all mama bear, but who is it really protecting? Yeah. Yeah. Again, like what is it really doing? And that's why we need to stay curious about it is if we're trying to protect, if we're really trying to protect and show up and this person who is step parenting is really evil, then we show them boundaries and we teach them how to handle unhealthy people. Because at the end of the day, I've looked, okay, this is another thing that like, I feel like I've really learned is at the end of the day, I'm given the opportunity to teach my kids in these moments how to handle themselves in my home before they leave. And as much as it sucks having divorced parents and as much as it sucks having to deal with all of these peoples and situations and scenarios, what a blessing it is for me to be able to have those situations in my home now. Yeah. And looking at it as a blessing rather than this sucks. Yeah. Because we are all going to deal with people who suck. (laughs) Yeah. So at least- they can learn it now and have these have these lessons for their whole life like they can learn how to handle these things now instead of when they're you know 30 trying to deal with it right I mean well they still will but (laughs) well no they still will but I mean trying to learn it that late in life yes not not that it's late but you know later on and of course I'm not saying like being a shitty step parent is like what I want everyone to have or like that you're teaching them a lesson by being shitty like no go do your work like I said they don't you know they're they don't deserve that like they're they didn't do anything they didn't ask for this I'm just saying with what I have been given and what my kids do have I am using it to the best that I can rather than not seeing it that way yeah yeah I think that's a great perspective to have yeah okay something else I thought that I don't know that we have ever talked about this very much, Hmm. but did you, I feel like maybe you mentioned it anyway, did you at any time feel like you were trying to like get the acceptance of your bonus daughter? I almost said her name. I don't know if you're keeping names out. Yeah. I'm keeping names out online. um, Was that something that you like had to deal with? Like trying to like make sure she liked you? And like, do do you feel like you ever parented her differently than your girls because of it? So the first time for sure, again, um, and like I said, I think that there's a lot to say that I wasn't given the opportunity to love her as well. Like that was just not there the first go around, um, with my current bonus daughter. Um, no, I think our relationship at some points is closer than my own um which again can come with its own hurts sometimes too you know we have her we have her full time so we get a lot of time together and it's awesome and it's fun and um we definitely have I have a relationship with each of them so differently and you Mm -hmm. know I think that just goes for her as well her and my relationship um 
is awesome. Like I was, I was given that opportunity to love and be there and just show up for her because my husband's awesome. (laughs) You know, I have a great, you know, husband and who is super supportive and, um, you know, we share everything. So I think that that also goes with that blended family thing is, you know, I think a lot of people in general struggle um, to have conversations and open conversations. And I find myself coaching and having conversations with a lot of um, my clients on how much they don't really talk to their spouses. And interesting. And I share everything (laughs) with uh, my husband. Like he's my best friend. Like we, and that's something that was different from again, like my previous marriage, like we just are so open and honest and he doesn't shame me when I am feeling triggered by my bonus daughter. We're able to talk about it and we're able to say like, this is coming up for me. Or if I feel something triggered with me, even with my, like the ones I've birthed, like with Daniel, like Mm -hmm. I can tell him and be like, this is the story I'm creating in my head. Like, are you really feeling this way about my kids or is it totally just made up? Yeah. And we talk about it because really that's what we do a lot of the time. You know, like we, we've heard it before. Like our minds are our scariest place. It's because we create these stories that like most of the time, like aren't even true. Well, and we don't talk about the stories. (laughs) And that's why I'm saying we need to, you know, like, that's why I'm saying, like, I hear these spouses not communicating and not talking about it because it, when we're vulnerable, it creates room for hurt. Yeah. But it also creates room for opportunity and connection. And that's what we have. And because we're able to have that, we're able to give our kids that in this house and in this space. Yeah. I did that answer your question? Totally, totally. And I I think it what I'm hearing is that you're really you've been given the space to actually love her and create a really beautiful relationship. And that comes from being able to communicate with your husband and choosing to communicate, you know, the hard, maybe the harder conversations. Right. And I just want to say definitely doing that. (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to say that it, because we have that space here, we're able to work through it, but it's not, um, the other side is like, not, is I don't know how to talk about it like how it is how like it's not the, the same yeah the parent of my bonus daughter is not it reciprocated like I yeah. am very much like evil in her eyes yeah. which like yeah. again whatever is all her own shit at the end of the day honestly yeah um yep. because because it is <laughs> because <laughs> because it is and just like because. yeah it just is and that's again a whole nother topic but the point is is because we are able to have such an open dialogue with my husband and I we are able to communicate that efficiently ourselves by what's happening on the other parenting side to do what is best for our daughter not yeah ourselves or what's coming up for ourselves and we're able to like hold space for that and hold space for her when that is coming up from the other side and that's what's important is showing her that you know like we're here in it and you know like not shaming the other parent when she comes to me and says like this happened and the other parent is saying this 
you know, like just sitting in it with her and Hey, what, what's coming up for you in that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? How are you being affected by that? Like, what do you need and teaching her how to check in with that? You know, not going like, Oh, that was shitty of her to say that about me. Like, that's not, that's not my place at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think too many times that's what we see and hear. It's like, how dare she do that? Or how dare they talk that way? Or, you know, whatnot, like, let, how about we like hear what's going on for them because that's not easy hearing yeah. a kid hearing people talk crap about the people they love yeah for sure something that I'm thinking about all of this is it basically seems like the 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 takeaways or like the bottom line here is to work on yourself if you're in a blended family and you're feeling like it's not what you want it to be Maybe you don't have the relationship with your stepkids or maybe even with the the other parents, the way that you do. I feel like the bottom line is to work on yourself and communicate like the hard, the hard stuff, the good stuff, like just leave the lines of communication open. Right. That's kind of, I feel like you could summarize it. Yeah. There <laughs> Very is, a, I mean, at broadly. the end of the day, statistics show that there is a higher rate for divorce with blended families. Yeah, you got a lot going on. There's a lot coming at you. So, you know, you might as well be prepared and do your due diligence to not have that happen and not put yourself or your kids in that position. I have one more question. Yeah. Off that. What happens if your spouse is not, um, I guess, open or available or willing to communicate? openly like if you're doing this work and they're not like what do you do I mean you can't control what other people do and unfortunately we um you know are either going to come at it and be like hey you know like I see some things that I'm doing and I see some patterns that are happening in our relationship too and um I want to better myself for me and you and our kids like what does that look like for us? What can we do? I have some ideas. Can you come up with them too? I mean, again, it just depends on what each individual needs, which like yeah. I could have thousands of different conversations to look like that. I'm just giving a base. Um, yeah. You know, if you're not married yet, that's a different story. If you're with somebody and you will be blended, like you can have non-negotiables for yourself. And again, not to be controlling, it's for you. So for me, when I met my husband, a non-negotiable was you're, we're going to be in therapy for at least a year. And he didn't want to do it. He wanted to be with me. So he did it. And he was in therapy for a year. And by, it was like, gosh, it was probably like a year and a couple months. He came to me and said like, okay, I see that I need it too. And again, yeah. I, I had done the work to find the good therapist already. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that really helped was that we didn't have to go through a bunch. I already was like, Hey, go to these people, pick, you know, the therapist. Yeah. I think this one would be great for you. Let me know. And he, I mean, he got lucky because again, I had already <laughs> been going there for so long. So if you guys see my therapist and you're in Arizona, let me know. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, you can have that conversation again, if you're already married and going through it, but you want to work on yourself, 
just start there and have the conversation with your spouse, you know, like, again, like I said, um, hopefully he's going to be willing, she's going to be willing to work on themselves at the end of the day and that they want that too. Um, it's a different conversation down the line. If that doesn't happen, I mean, you get to choose whether or not that's the relationship you want to continue being in then like, I can't make that decision for you. And it's not an easy one. Um, but you do get that choice, you know, like I, it's the same with even friendships. And I think that that's what, you know, we need to look at is sometimes people are in our space for a season and that can be a little bit trickier with marriages. Obviously we're affecting a lot more people in lives, but I would hope, you know, the relationships that are important, we're both equally putting in um, what's needed. Yeah. The effort to be done. I, yeah, again, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, for I sure. Would, I would hope that the spouses out there are just as much wanting to heal for themselves and their families. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's not a one size fits all answer, yeah. obviously. Like none of this is, it's just, yeah, I, like again, asking if- these, I like asking these questions just to be like, a starting point kind of like just to open your mind and just not you the listener like just to just to be open and aware and you know just start yeah, and I just want to say like abuse is different like yes. I just need to like disclaimer yes. that like abuse is not like one that you need to communicate with them like that's a non-negotiable married not like you should not be being verbally spiritually physically mentally abused and yeah. story yeah. um yeah and because yeah. you know even in my you know my first marriage like again like I didn't see the abuse and again it's a lot harder when you're in it like it's easier to say like don't stay but you don't know sometimes um and I didn't know that I was yeah. so I stayed and I probably I mean I don't want to say never would have left um but it would have taken a lot longer yeah so yeah yeah I know emotional mental abuse is Mm -hmm. so tricky I didn't even know it was a thing until years after I left the well and that was the other thing for me too I didn't even leave the relationship like he ended it (laughs) well that's what I'm saying I didn't either yeah he he ended it too yep yeah And, and then you look back and you realize wait a second oh yeah that was, that was abuse. I am a, an abuse survivor. I remember yeah. when I realized that I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's a whole thing. <laughs> yep. So yep. That's, that's that. Any yeah. other questions about blended families? I don't think so. I hope you guys took something from this. I just thought it would be a, you know, a new perspective we haven't had yet. And I definitely think, I feel like honestly, when, when you really think about life in general and like all the topics that we've talked about when we've talked about anything, like it always comes down to working on yourself, <laughs> honestly. I know. I Well, I mean, again, like I clearly take that very seriously. That's what I do for yeah. a living is helping people yeah. work on themselves. <laughs> and it's only, it's not, again, like it just brings so much, um, to your life being able to, Yeah, it's, and it's not to be like, Oh, you need to work on yourself. It's, I am saying we need to work on ourselves because it, it gives so much when we do. 
And something that I always say, it's not like, it's not your fault that these things have happened to you, that the trauma that you have from your childhood and adolescence that, you know, are, I know for me, that, that that's where a lot of my core beliefs have stemmed from. I think most people. Yeah. Is, one to is 18 is. is yeah. Where most of our. And like, you can't, you can't uh, avoid that, you know, like it just happens, but you can acknowledge it and you can take the you can take the steps and accept responsibility for changing going forward you know no trauma is that's the that's when I say like work on yourself like why it's uplifting is it's not the trauma itself it's the stories we've created about ourselves from the trauma yeah and that's why it's encouraging is because that means that we have the capabilities to change it right now yeah and that's what's empowering is that we don't need to go and take let the trauma take control of us. We actually get to do it now. Yeah. And that yeah. gives us it's our really power back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So but yeah, so I appreciate all of you guys listening. Yeah. <laughs> on <laughs> the, the Hannah's podcast and mine for this episode. <laughs> this is fun. This was a good time. It is. It's always a good time with my best friend talking I think about these this is just like you're recording do. it yeah this is i am recording it yeah um, I, th I thought i was gonna have to get no. ready to end it but you are <laughs> no i will but yeah no it's always this is like literally what we do we we even like the other day we're talking about like remember we were i was like driving to school i was like we should have just been able to record this conversation like yeah because we just like have conversations all the time that are like this would be a great podcast for us. This would be that would have one. been really good for someone else to listen to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I always appreciate you. So thanks for yeah. chatting with me. Of course. I appreciate you too. Yeah. Good All times. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Well, thanks for chatting with us today, you guys. It was such a great episode. Uh, but before we go, Britt, you said we had a listener question. Uh, yeah. How can they support the podcast? Well, that's a great question. Uh, to help us grow our community and impact others' lives, you can leave us a tip. You can review, subscribe, or share with a friend. And when you're ready to step into full alignment in every area of your life, with who you're truly meant to be, uh, go follow Glowing With Growth Retreat on Instagram.